Today we have with us stand-up comic and amateur mycologist, Mushroom Hunter Chris. Chris, welcome to the show. Why don't we start by you telling us a little bit about why you started, what, what got you interested in mushrooms? Sure. Uh, I had a job I really hated. I was pretty miserable. I'd been a stand-up comic for a few years after I got out of the military and uh, then ended up just at a pretty garbage job where I was working 60 to 80 hours a week and even wasn't spending time with my family and friends and um, you know, I was just exhausted. But I started to deal with the depression that was rising up in me. I started uh, going for hikes, which I'd always done. Um, and all of a sudden I started seeing mushrooms all over the place and I said, why don't I identify these and learn which ones I can eat and, and which ones have medicinal properties. And that, that a lot of times there were, there were several months there where that was the only thing I looked forward to every day was just, I'm going to go find some new mushrooms today. And it's been a great journey since then. So you call yourself a mycologist, amateur mycologist. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about what mycologist, mycology is? study of fungi and fungals, you know, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's all about, um, learning how fungi interact with our world. It's a pretty important field on the scientific end. There's people out there doing research into different fungi that can eat plastics. There's actually a fungi right now, um, that they, they figured out colony collapse, uh, disorder wasn't taking effect in areas near where certain fungus was growing. And so now they might be able to cure colony collapse disorder with a fungus. And so, yeah. You sound very knowledgeable on the topic of mycology. Tell us a little bit about where, where you've been able to get your knowledge from. I mean, this isn't exactly the type of thing where there's volumes of textbooks at everybody's disposal. But tell us how you were able to, to start your knowledge, get your entry-level knowledge, and then bring it to the level it's at right now. Sure, yeah, I didn't go into it um, expecting it to be such a big part of my life, and it's really hours of, of my days now are spent, you know, thinking about mushrooms, finding mushrooms, identifying them. Um, it started out uh, actually with this really great app from National Geographic, or Nat Geo as they call themselves now, um, that uses artificial intelligence to identify plants, animals, and, and everything else you can find in nature. It's called Seek. It's free. There's no uh, freemium on it. It's just you, you get it, and you get it's like a Pokedex. People, have, people yeah, so that, have, that leads me to, to to the next question. To one of the questions I have for you is, and I guess you've answered that. Keeping track of the mushrooms you have found, mm -hmm. um, you you log them on this website. Uh, yeah, it's an app. But uh, I have over 100 species that I've positively identified on the app, and it logs them and keeps track of them. And I, I just started out with the app. Now, um, you know, once I, got, once I got going, I did research into um, how to confirm in ways, you know, more, more in-depth than just um, the artificial intelligence. But it's, it's incredible how um, good that app, how well that app actually works. Now, you touched on why you want to identify mushrooms medicinal purposes and also the first thing that comes to people's minds is magic mushrooms well that too but <laughs> to most people the first thing we think of is edibles edible mushrooms and that then of course has people thinking well isn't that dangerous aren't mushrooms or at least some mushrooms poisonous what would you tell people that are scared of poisonous mushrooms well, you know, danger and fear are two different things. There's always going to be danger, but there doesn't have to be fear. 
And uh, people do ask about that, and they should be concerned. Um, but the thing is, you know, one thing, give it time. Don't be in a rush to eat what you find. There are tests you can do. There are also one of the – so one of the um, – when I started foraging um, for edible mushrooms, one of the first things I did was look up and research uh, what mushrooms don't that are edible don't have toxic lookalikes. That's an important phrase, toxic lookalikes. Um, because they'll grow right near each other. For example, the meadow mushroom, which has pink gills, very beautiful, um, it's edible, but it often grows, uh, it has a toxic lookalike that grows right near it all the time. And so in that case, something you'd have to do is uh, you can do a scratch test on it, and if it bruises yellow, uh, that tells you if it's the edible kind or not the edible kind. Um, there's also spore prints where you'll actually get a mushroom and put it on a, a white piece of paper, put a glass over it, put that out in the sun, and spores will drop, and the color of the spores tell you if it's edible or not edible. And it's important at this point that I just remind everybody that you're an amateur mycologist. Yeah, and I'm, they, I'm not an expert. And they shouldn't be just taking your advice, run outside and grab some mushrooms and tinker around with them and think yeah. they're safe to eat. So I mean, you, you're, you would have to really up your game before you'd feel comfortable yeah. picking mushrooms in the wild and eating them. I'm, I'm going to ask, so now my obvious question, the next question is, have you picked mushrooms in the wild and eaten them? Yes, lobster mushrooms, chanterelles. Um, I think there's one or two, uh, one or two others, but those are the main ones. I'm, I'm not, I'm not um, too too much in a rush to do that. You know, I, I love the mushrooms so much, and like I said, you know, you're going to look up what are the toxic lookalikes. That's that's the big one. Is there anything that looks like this, and how do I tell it apart? Um, for example, lion's mane mushroom has no toxic lookalikes. So if you get a positive ID, this looks like lion's mane. There, you can research this on your own. I recommend it. I actually I absolutely recommend it. I'm not a professional, um, but most people throughout history who became experts in subjects were teaching themselves. All learning is self-learning. Now, when you visit a particular area and you're going to set out on a hike to look for mushrooms... How much time do you put into researching what type of mushrooms or fungi might be indigenous to that to that area you'll be hiking in? Uh, sometimes I'll do a little bit of research, but mostly I just like to go out there and see what I find. I mean, it's amazing how much biodiversity there is. I, there was a trail in Washington State that I hiked where I found f about five to ten species hiking there on a Sunday, and then I went back the next Sunday, didn't find any of the same mushrooms on the exact same trail, not a single mushroom that was there the week before, found an entirely new five or ten uh, mushrooms growing on the trail, including the veiled amanita, which is one of my favorites, and the jeweled amanita, which uh, uh, is another just gorgeous, gorgeous mushroom. Well, well, that leads to my next question. Could you pick a particular species of mushroom that you would, at this point in your hobby, say was the most interesting or unique that you have found so far? Well, there's some really great ones out there. I mean, visually, jeweled amanita, veiled amanita. But um, there's also, you know, like, for example, the lobster mushroom. It's not actually a mushroom. Uh, well, there's mushroom inside of it. The Russolo uh, genus of mushrooms, they actually um, are eaten by uh, a parasitic fungus that grows on top of them. And then that turns them into lobster mushrooms, which have a slightly seafood uh, taste to them. Um, and not all Russello are edible, but when the lobster mushroom eats them, it makes them edible. 
uh, and actually all the Russello mushrooms used to be edible, but um, they had a split where they pretty much have entirely identical versions that are poisonous. Although I will also mention very few mushrooms are, are deadly, but most of them will send you to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, so you would, you would, would definitely advise people to side with caution here. Unless you, unless you enjoy going to the ER. I would say extreme <laughs> caution. Yeah, I mean, you know, take take your health and safety into your own hands and, and don't just eat things you find on the ground without being sure that they're safe to eat. Okay. What advice would you have to any of our listeners who are considering taking up the hobby or having an interest in mushrooms or mycology? Get the Seek app, first of all. And if you can... Uh, find other ways to support National Geographic for the awesome work they do. Um, after that, just go for a hike. Find the mushrooms. People walk around every day, and they don't realize how many mushrooms are around us. They breathe in. They inhale oxygen, and they exhale carbon dioxide. We're more closely related to mushrooms than we are to plants. Um, and Or, sorry, we're more closely... Mushrooms are more closely related, yeah, to humans than uh, either of us are to plants. They're incredible. So how about our listeners that don't live in, let's just say, a very biodiverse area? Say they live in a, in a more urban setting. Do you have any advice for, for how people living in those areas could seek out mushrooms or, or, or fungi? Is, there, is this something that can be enjoyed by everyone, or do you really need to go to a, a specific area or region to find find uh, mushrooms and, and um, fungi? Fungi and mushrooms grow in most climates. Um, pretty much all of them, the ones that are going to be more fun to find, might, might have preferences. But, um, I mean, even in public parks, you'd be amazed what you can find. There's also grow kits if you're interested. Um, and if you get a grow kit, you know it's safe to eat. The lion's mane grow kit I'll be ordering soon. The... Um, <clears throat> I just had mushroom uh, king oyster mushrooms from a grow kit that were delicious. They have such a, a thick, like meaty texture and flavor. And if you check out my Instagram, Mushroom Hunter Chris, you can actually see the recipe I used cooking those. Have you done much cooking with mushrooms? I mean, now that you are advancing in this hobby, it sounds like you're taking it to the next level. You're increasing your knowledge. Have you been doing? Have you been experimenting with cooking or recipes with with mushrooms? So I should mention, because you asked me before which ones I've eaten, that's never really been my goal or priority with it. Um, my priority is finding as many different species as I can and learning as much as I, I can about them. Um, that's, that's just what I enjoy about it. So I haven't really eaten a ton. I've foraged. I haven't. Uh, I will grow more in the future, I'm sure. But right now it's just about finding these beautiful mushrooms and, and learning what their deal is. I mean... You know, part of that journey is is learning what trees have different mushrooms growing on them, and it's there's just so much to it. It's really so. Someone, let's say, living in New York City, could go to a city park under optimal conditions and find. I've done that. Something okay. So, <laughs> if, like, if I'm in Central Park, all right. If I'm in Central Park, are there conditions? Is it weather related or? Definitely don't eat any mushrooms you find in Central Park, though. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, we won't get into why, but. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, um, the fall is really peak mushroom season, but also different mushrooms have different seasons where they peak. That's just where the majority of them do. Uh, af within three to five days of some good rainfall, uh, you'll find them. You can find them even when it gets colder out and they're going to surround you, you know, 720 degrees. Cause, um, I mean, I think I saw 
what might have even been some chicken of the woods, which is kind of a, a holy grail mushroom uh, that I actually do really want. I've been foraging and looking for it and I haven't found any. Um, but chicken of the woods tastes like chicken and it's a mushroom. So yeah, you just go to Central Park, walk around, and, and you'll see them. Just keep your eyes peeled. All right, so somebody with an interest in this who maybe at this point they're just looking at pictures and saying, wow, that looks really cool or that sounds like it could be fun. Well, they could go into their local park and... And seek out mushrooms. Yeah. Even in your backyard. You know, like I said about meadow mushrooms. I mean, I'll also mention a lot of mushrooms that are edible. Doesn't mean they taste good. <laughs> well, plenty of mushrooms taste like cardboard, even though they're edible. Um, but yeah, you can you can find them in your own backyard. I, I remember one day early on, I just I was walking out to my car um, from a friend's apartment in a nice apartment complex. The grass is always really well trimmed. And I looked down near my foot, and there are all these little mushrooms right near it. Any uh, quick, interesting stories you'd like to share with the listeners uh, of a particular experience hunting for mushrooms? Hmm. Well, uh, you're going to have him on soon. Uh, so I was hiking with uh, my brother, uh, Bash, and he went to pick up this little mushroom that was in the middle of the trail. Um, it looked like it was some sort of um, a puffball mushroom. And which is one of my favorites. And it had a weird hole in it and looked a little discolored. And I said, I don't know if you should pick that up. It doesn't look like it's doing all right. And then I felt bad. I was like, how dare I shame this mushroom? It's just doing its thing. So what if it looks weird to me? But then when he picked it up, a millipede crawled out and was going towards his hand. And he threw it in the air. And we were sprinting away like that millipede could have chased us. That does sound kind of funny. Something as small as a millipede could scare two adults so much. But oh, it was terrifying. You I kidding me? It was. I'm still scared thinking about that. It always, it, it always amazes me how much a little garter snake can scare the heck out of grown men who would, who uh, hike on a regular basis. Um, that's just another act- story for another time for me <laughs> when I get into some of the excerpts of my book. Uh, okay, so in closing here, why don't you give us a little advice to the people out there that are just admiring pictures and well i mean one appreciate the beauty of um the world around us you know those fungi that's that's part of i i recommend to people for me um getting out of that depression i was going through um you know it it, it was really that process was really helped by um being outside in the natural world that that you know anxious energy it was getting worked off and I was learning, and I recommend to people, if you're going to go out and go hiking, backpacking, travel through nature, why don't you start learning something? It doesn't have to be fungi either. It can be geology. I have a friend who just loves picking up weird rocks, and I said, why don't you start learning to identify them? And then, I mean, what a great feeling when you go out for a hike with friends, and you're the mushroom friend who knows all them, or the berry friend. Well, yeah, and that leads into, you know, why does Papa Bear Hikes have a my co- amateur mycologist on? Well, well, our goal here on this podcast is to get people outdoors, get people outside. So you're telling me that this could be a, a method of get, drawing people to the outdoors. Yeah, absolutely. And you may not be that, that person that wants to take a 10-mile hike or hike uh, the highest summit in your state, but you might like taking a leisurely walk and seeking out mushrooms. That might be what gets people outside. I find mushrooms every time I go for a walk around the neighborhood. Every time. Okay, so, Mushroom Hunter Chris, do you have a website, Facebook page, or an Instagram? Just Instagram, because it's the only 
Only uh, social media I don't find toxic. So tell us how people can reach you on Instagram. <laughs> Mushroom Hunter Chris, C-H-R-I-S, uh, on Instagram. And uh, check out my stuff. It's a pretty good page. And also, um, we're going to start uh, doing some stuff soon to uh, raise money for research, uh, scientific research into mycology. I'm still looking into the ins and outs of, of you know how to stay above board, getting them donations and which organizations are the best to donate to. Um, but it's a uh, you know something something more, and also just beautiful pictures of mushrooms are on there. Okay, great. Well, thanks again. You've been listening to Papa Bear Hikes and Mushroom Hunter Chris. Please check out his Instagram page and remember, get outdoors, get out there, and have some fun. This episode of Pop Bear Hikes has been brought to you by Avalon Publicity. Avalon Publicity, increasing the digital footprint of content creators and skilled professionals via website development and social media services. For more information about Avalon Publicity, go to their website, avalonbusiness.org. That's avalonbusiness.org.